Welcome to the J Crypto Audio Experience. First off, thanks for coming. Second off, I want to congratulate you for investing in the education of blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, decentralized finance, all those terms that when you first hear you go, what the hell does that mean? Blockchain is a technology shift, guys. Once in a lifetime opportunity. This is Malibu beachfront property, $1,000 per the acre. Now, to take advantage of it properly, you got to invest in that education. And that's what you're here for. That's what I'm here for. So let's learn together. Hey guys, what is up? This is Jay Crypto once again. And today's video, excuse me, I have something super interesting for you guys. Like, very interesting, groundbreaking stuff. Um, before I begin, I just want to say I'm not a financial advisor. Everything I tell you guys is for entertainment purposes only. And also, with, you know, cryptocurrency or blockchain, obviously, a lot of people get into it because they want to invest in it. So just remember that crypto can be very volatile. Therefore, it can be very risky. So please do not listen to anything that I say or do anything that I say to do. It's a very bad idea to do that. Now, why don't we just get right into the news coverage? Um, before we do that, actually, Bitcoin, for those of you on the podcast, it's at $39,000 at the time of this recording. And let's get right into it, guys. So Mark Cuban recently invests and I try to stay up to date with whatever Mark invests in because sometimes they're just so bizarre. And this one was very bizarre at first glance, but then I read the white paper and uh, man, this is so big. This might not be the project that like does really well in this space, but this industry is so big. I don't think people realize. So Mark Cuban invests. What does he invest in? Well, he invests in decentralized data marketplace, okay? And the decentralized data marketplace is called Declimate. The billionaire investor is going deeper down the blockchain rabbit hole. And uh, the billionaire investor has joined Declimate, a decentralized network for climate data. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. You're probably like yawning in my face, just saying, oh, okay, whatever, J-Crypto. Maybe I should go watch one of your altcoin uh, gem videos, top seven gems to 100x. Before you do that, let me just give you this because with this information, I think you'll be able to see the next altcoin gem in this type of space. And hopefully I can illustrate a little bit about why it's so important. I'm going to try to do my best to illustrate why this industry is so important. So let me read that again. The billionaire investor has joined D-Climate, a decentralized network for climate data as an investor and strategic advisor. So he's also going to be a strategic advisor. The platform aims to be a decentralized marketplace for climate data, forecasts, models, connecting data publishers with buyers. It has a built-in mechanism to score the reliability of data as it is submitted, making the data more transparent. Then he quotes, there is no reason why there can't be an automatic market maker that offers various types of insurance. So now we're getting into insurance. Those of you who like poke cover and armor and all those good good projects down there, uh, 
this is kind of getting into that little space. So let's just keep reading. That is what gets me excited about Declimate, Cuban said in an email to Coindesk. What they are doing is just the beginning. I agree. So let's take a look at the site. So Declimate looks like this. If you can't see it when you're on the podcast, it's all good. You can just type it into your web browser at declimate.net. I'm going to read you guys a couple things. So what is Declimate about? A transparent decentralized marketplace where climate data forecasts and models are standardized, monetized, and distributed. Okay. An immutable record for climate data releases to avoid disputes and errors. Open marketplace where all data and forecasts have impartial skill scores. That makes it easy for consumers to shop for climate data. Interesting. And then creates a distribution mechanism for data publishers and forecasting entities to monetize their work. What I didn't know about this industry, guys, is how big it was. Now, when I think of climate, I think, okay, what's the weather going to be? Is it going to be sunny and I can go to the beach? Or is it going to be cloudy and rainy and I'm going to have to stay inside and do yoga, right? And what I didn't realize is that, you know, I didn't really think bigger. I didn't think broader. So some things to think about that they point out were very interesting. Like, for example, transportation. Um, They need to know the weather to basically decide what routes to go for transporting goods, uh, events, concerts, sporting events, things of that nature. The weather is very important. But also things like farming. Things like nuclear power, where to put a nuclear power plant. Things like solar, where are we for wind farms, for example, as well, so reusable energy. Where are we getting the most sun? Where are we getting the most wind? And how much wind, does it even make sense? Oh, I know that like we can put the wind farm, you know, a mile off the, the shores of our beaches here on the coast of America, but does it make sense to, are we really getting the wind over there? And basically, there's a lot of different places that we need these, you know, uh, this data. So there was something very interesting. Let me read you guys a couple of points here. Um, Climate change research and policy implementations become impossible without historical climate data. So we just, we need more data. Um, But that is just the beginning when it comes to the public sector. Governments also need climate data to make decisions around water, infrastructure, agriculture, disaster relief efforts, health policy, macroeconomics policy, military spending, foreign policy, energy policy, highway infrastructure, environmental policy, scientific funding. At the governmental level, weather and more broadly climate come into equation in some shapes or forms in essentially every domain. All right, so this is where it gets spicy because right now, in the past decades, maybe past two decades, we've had a growing sector of private climate data. So these are not you know, institutions that are part of the government. These are private climate data, um, I guess institutions we can just call them, that are providing, you know, basically climate data, if you will. And it's been far more effective in certain instances than the government's ways of 
providing climate data. So we have this private sector, just like housing. I was a realtor. If you look at housing, private sector housing is always done, you know, more efficiently. There's better deals made. The material is usually better, and everything just works better when you let private sectors build housing than the government. And the same thing is happening with weather and climate data gathering, if you will. So that's an important factor. So basically, we need all we need this climate data for all these different industries. The government needs this data for policy making, and we have all these private institutions that are gathering this data and saving people money. Now, what if these private institutions has a, have a decentralized way of listing the data that they have? And I know this sounds kind of big, but right now we don't have a decentralized marketplace worldwide where these businesses, whose job it is, is to gather data and create data sets.、Um, Historical data sets too that we can look back on and draw on when making big decisions for policy, for、uh, building, for zoning, for all these different things on a micro and macro level. If we have a decentralized marketplace to do that, then now we have this growing industry of you know climate data. We're incentivizing people to basically provide correct climate data. Otherwise, it won't be as valuable to those seeking it. And that's kind of a synopsis of what it is, but I mean, this is huge. And maybe it's it sounds a little bit abstract right now because this is your first time hearing it, or maybe you're in this industry and you can comment and shed some light onto how big this is. But my hunch is that this is so freaking big, guys. Like this is so so big.、Um, And we're just now barely cracking the 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 surface of it, if you will. So I'm gonna move on. But if you guys want to go check this site out, you can go directly to declimate.net and start to just learn about how big this will be. Another thing too is a lot of facts about environment and energy get skewed for political reasons. So. A decentralized marketplace would offer a more transparent way to view, and you know, I guess, more transparent way to view and make decisions on data.、Um, that's not really going to be. I mean, the only thing that the people creating these data sets are incentivized with is being accurate.、And、if they're not accurate, then Their scores and their, you know, basically. I wish that this was already like around. I don't think it's around just yet. But I'm excited to see what the marketplace looks like because you know me. I always like to jump into the actual decentralized applications and show you guys what's going on. But this one doesn't look like it's finished yet. So I just wanted to put on your radar. And as it gets finished and as it gets updated, I will keep you guys updated as well. But before I let you go, one more big thing that was attempted before and now is being attempted again by a different company is a decentralized Airbnb. So in the real estate industry, I guess it's not really well technically Airbnbs. So what are Airbnbs for? Well, they're partial. Real estate industry for landlords that want to we、uh, do do it themselves, so so to speak, but have a powerful marketing engine, and it's also for people that are in the travel 
industry and maybe just need to get away or want to travel. So let's go into this article. Binance-backed Travela. And if you don't know what Travela is, you should go look it up. It's a pretty big company. Launches D-Travel, decentralized Airbnb. The project will be run as a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. I talk about DAOs a lot in my previous video. With the D-Travel token, which is TRBL, being used to facilitate decision-making. Binance-backed booking site Traveler.com is launching D-Travel, a decentralized vacation rental service that gives homeowners a stake in the platform. Rather than a centralized platform such as Airbnb, D-Travel homeowners and guests share a joint ownership of the platform. The travel token will be the main conduit. It really comes down to trust. So this is a quote by the Tra Travela CEO, Juan Otero. It really comes down to trust. And this is what we see with blockchain. You can guarantee trust on a level you would never be able to on a centralized platform. The DAO model allows for hosts and guests to vote on issues, everything from last minute cancellations and how community treasuries are spent. So I see a lot of YouTube videos on Airbnbs and a lot of YouTube videos on um, VRBOs. And a lot of people complain about times where the centralized party or platform will raise the fees and some of these things are startups so they're still trying to make their first they're still trying to raise the next round of money and, and you know they haven't really broke profit yet been able to pay back their investors and uh, what's cool about a decentralized autonomous organization is it, since it's community governed, the community is incentivized to vote for things that are in their best interest. But also, number one, since it's gonna be on the cloud, it has far less overhead than some of these other companies. But number two, well, maybe not Airbnb and VRBO since they're kind of on the cloud too. But, but the main difference between this layer, I guess, and something like Airbnb or even Uber, is now you just have a bit more trust and you have a community that's running the company through a decentralized autonomous organization and voting. And it would be like if everybody that used Uber would also be incentivized to, you know, so they, they, they own the tokens that represent the shares of Uber. So they're incentivized to vote on things that make Uber better and are good for them, if that makes sense. Now, like I said, this wasn't the first to attempt this. It's not the first crypto project to attempt as much. The Uber alums behind the Airbnb-esque B token project struggled to find users before quietly shutting down. So, Otero said, recent developments in blockchain technology and usage could drive D-Travel a better fate than that blockchain, you know, Airbnb-esque uh, B-Token project that Uber tried to do. Uh, the company plans to incentivize use of cryptocurrency across the platform and the first 100,000 hosts to list their homes on D-Travel can collectively earn more than 35 million in travel to in travel coins. This I thought was pretty interesting because if you take 35 million and you take 100,000, I mean, 
that basically means that each person is almost earning half a million of their tokens, which is a lot. Uh, Travala.com, I always have trouble with that. If somebody knows how to pronounce it, uh, drop in the comments or something. But has over 3 million travel. I guess you can't really drop how to pronounce it in the comments. Anyways, they have over 3 million travel products and over 200,000 monthly users. Uh, the platform currently offers over 30 payment methods, though 70% of users use cryptocurrencies, which is interesting. Uh, D-Travel is based on the Binance Smart Chain. Alright guys, so that's pretty much it for the video. I just wanted to, and look, I know that I'm probably not explaining these things greatly just yet, but this is really new stuff that I'm being exposed to with you guys, and I will be able to explain this stuff really well once I just understand it a bit more. The purpose of this video is to just put on your radar as like, okay, so decentralized autonomous organizations are popping up. They're popping up on a bigger scale right now than I think they will in the future. I do think a lot of our mom and pop stores will run on a decentralized autonomous organization framework because it's probably just gonna be uh, an interesting environment that we're gonna live in where people that like the coffee shop will also be incentivized to buy the token of the coffee shop buy the coffee shop and if you don't know what i mean it's all good i actually have a great video about this that i posted and the name of the video is uh how businesses will forever be changed and that video was done about one week ago or it's on my podcast too so you can look at that and really go into decentralized Thomas organizations. I do think that this is going to be a trend that pops up. I think decentralized exchanges will be needed eventually for these organizations to basically ICO or IDO. And that's why I cover a few launch pads because it's very interesting how launch pads can incentivize projects to come over and use them. So regardless of that, I hope you like this video. I hope you learned something and I hope I put two things on your radar. One thing being a decentralized marketplace for weather and climate, which can be used worldwide and give farmers a chance to make some more income because they're able to provide data sets of weather um, amongst companies in the private sector that provide data sets of weather. And it could be a huge marketplace. I do think people, the average person will be able to profit from it by just kind of understanding the marketplace and arbitraging on top of it. And of course, we also have a decentralized, you know, VRBO, Airbnb type of deal that Travela and Binance have backed. All right, guys. Well, that's what I got for you. Thanks so much for viewing this on podcast or video. I'm at 150 subscribers, guys. My goal is to get to 1,000 by July. Let's see if I can do it. Take care.